Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, April 25th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the doctor's opinion on page XXX, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, then there are types entirely normal and reading through one paragraph ending with intelligent, friendly people. Today's readers are Jim K. with the 12 Steps, Margie, the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Barbara P. reading the text, Kathy S. on page 164, and Sally P. is our backup reader. Our newcomer reader is Pat B., and our second-hour moderator is Ken W.H. The share ID for Sunday, April 24, 2022, is 18,878. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. A division for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jim Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Rick. This is Jim Kay from Illinois, where the birds are chirping and the sun is coming up. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jim. I will now ask Margie to read the 12 traditions. Thank you so much, Rick. This is Margie from Massachusetts. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself 
In our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive old reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, every minding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service this month, and I pass. Thank you, Marge. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the doctor's opinion on page XXX, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, then there are types entirely normal and reading through one paragraph only, ending with intelligent, friendly people. I will now ask Barbara P. to begin reading. Good morning, everybody. This is Barbara P., compulsive reader from the Atlanta area. Then there are types entirely normal in every respect, except in the effect of friendly people. So I think this morning I really want to focus on the word able. It's this tiny little four-letter word, but it really struck me this morning, maybe for the first time, that, you know, I, I was able in a lot of ways to do a lot of different things. There were things I could not do, but I was able to do a good amount of things if I really put my mind to it. Certainly with food, I was thinking about it, with food, I could I could get food. I found ways even from the time I was young to get food, hide food. Um, and I guess I think about it. Hey Barbara, you're... Uh... 
garble. Sorry about that. I'm you're garbling in and out a little bit. If you can maybe make an adjustment. Uh, let me see. Hang on one sec. Uh, Barbara, we can't hear you right now. Hey, Barbara, we've seemed to have lost you there. Okay, are you able to hear me now? I can hear you a little bit better, yes. Um, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. on the word able, and for me, I was able to do the things, but I could not do this food. I just couldn't find a way to manage that. Um, willpower to do a lot of other things. So I know I was an able person but not when it came to food. So I'll keep it short. I know my sound sounds bad, um, but it's amazing how able I could be in certain areas of my life, and yet when it came to food, I had no ability to stop, no ability to manage, uh, no matter how much I wanted to, no matter how much I needed to, couldn't do it. So with that, I'll pass. All right, thank you so much, Barbara. You persevered, and we got most of that last bit there. <laughs> so, yeah, technology. Oh, uh, wow. But, um, thank you for getting us started. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Please remember to include your state before you begin sharing. Who would like to share on what was read today? Nessa R. Nessa R. Betty N. Betty Barbara. N. E. Barbara. Christina J. Rosie W. Chrissy. Suzanne M. Jim K. And who is right after Jim K? The uh, the woman Su right after Suzanne M. Suzanne M. And then there was one more. Katie G. Katie, gotcha, Katie. All right, let's stop there. We have Nessa R. Betty N. Barbara E. Christina J. Chrissy W. Jim K. Suzanne M. And Katie G. Nessa R. You're up. Followed by Betty N. And please remember to um, include the. Uh, state you're from. Go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I always thought that ability, intelligence, willpower, dedication were the, were the tickets for everything. And that really was true for me in all areas of my life except one. You know, I've always been an overachiever. Um, you know, I, uh, I was a straight edge student. I got into a very prestigious 
master's program in an Ivy League school when I was 20, graduated when I was 22, went to work in investment banking, did very, very well, um, you know, but the one area of my life where those things didn't work were obviously the food. If they had worked, I, I wouldn't be here. Um, and it's not because there's something wrong with my ability or my intelligence or my willpower or my dedication, my perseverance. Um, it's because they're the wrong tools for the job. It, they are totally the wrong tools for the job. An analogy that I like to use is, to, is like saying, I'm gonna put my clothes in the dishwasher and then complain that dish with a dishwasher doesn't work because my clothes did not come out clean. Um, well, the dishwasher is not the right tool for the clothes. And in, the, in, case, in, in my case, in my disease, my willpower and my ability and all those good things are also not the right tools for my disease. You know, um, my disease transcends all of those. And so it needs a, a transcendent power to conquer it. You know, and that one is God. The problem is that not only I didn't know that, so I kept trying the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and it kept not working over and over and over again. But, you know, once I, I, I was told that this is what happened, um, I still didn't have a, solu a tangible solution in my hands because I was so blocked from my higher power. I was blocked by the food because that was my little G-God. I was um, worshiping at the altar of food. And so God's not going to compete with other gods. You want to worship the food? Go right ahead. So I had to get rid of that entirely. Uh, to remove the first blockage. And then the second blockage was me. You know, I needed to get out of my own way or actually probably better, I need to, I need to get out of God's way because God is also not going to compete with ego and arrogance. And so I had to go through this process of, of, of ego deflation, which, uh, which is accomplished by the steps. You know, the steps helped me um, recognize, you know, my own, um, the, the own blockages that I was, I was putting in my own way, you know, through my little plans and designs, my 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 self-reliance, my self-centeredness. Um, Gentle reminder. And those two things, thank you. And those two things are essential for for a recovery, entire abstinence, and working the steps in order to get to God, who is the solution. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Betty, in Europe next, followed by Barbara E. Go ahead, Betty. Hi, this is Betty N. from Florida. And I don't usually like to share, but I was so moved by um, the first share that I felt I needed to. I'd like to thank everybody on the line who provides service to make this meeting possible. It certainly has been a lifeline for me, and I enjoy uh, every morning when I can be here reading with all of you and listening to your shares. And most of the time, someone else says exactly what I'm thinking, and I don't feel the need to share, but this morning I thought if I jumped in early, maybe I would be able to say it before someone else did. Um, I love this section. I've read it actually with another group recently also, all about the different types, and I sometimes think that this last paragraph we read um, about being normal in every aspect is just for those people who can't bring themselves to identify with some of those other descriptions because they sound a little bit scary. Um, I, I definitely do think that I am able, intelligent, and friendly. 
I'm not sure if I consider myself normal in every aspect. I think on the outside, I look normal. But um, what was said earlier about, you know, being able to do things, my first thought was, I am able, I tell people this all the time, I am able to do a lot of things. Um, one of the things that I know that I do well is sew, but I'm, I'm very able to sew a lot of complicated items, clothing, draperies, you know, other things, but I'm not willing to do it. So the fact that I am able, it doesn't make me willing. And so even if I were able to control myself with food, my biggest problem would probably be willingness anyway. Um, so I just, uh, that's what always, when I hear that word able, that's, that's what comes to mind. And with that, I'm going to pass and leave time for someone else. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, Betty Ann. Barbara E., you're up next, followed by Christina J. Go ahead, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. Thank you and beautiful Monday to all of you. Well, pain was the touchstone of spiritual progress for me, and I know this was painfully true. The pain of my compulsive overeating came back time after time to haunt me, and it beat me to my knees before any kind of sobriety, abstinence, and emotional balance could hope to be achieved before I truly waved that white flag of surrender we hear about all the time, I finally had to make choices that I came to believe that was surely a choice to turn to a power of a light and choose life, to believe in a higher power that I didn't think was really there, that could restore me to sanity. And when I became to willing to practice all the 12 steps and the nine tools, I, be, I became willing to change. Awareness, acceptance, and action was my only choice. But the more, I, the more I carried these attitudes into my life, I found it still impossible to be completely free of anger and pride. So I had to accept I could never attain perfect humility and love so I had to settle for respecting that most of my problems were followed by setbacks and my seeking of perfection was just another way of stroking my ego I'm not worse than anyone but I'm certainly not better I don't want to be called out different and procrastination was slowing my progress down it had to be all or nothing philosophy. That had to be banished. And I had to accept I'll never be perfect. And perfectionism was overrated. And I'd humbly have to ask every day, even if it was just to say, God, whatever, to guide me and succeed so that I may not get everything I want, but I will get everything I need. And I'm grateful this program that gives me such gratitude for you, my fellows in, in recovery, and to all the suffering people out in the world. Thank you so much, I pass. Thank you, Barbara e. Christina J., you're up next, followed by Chrissy W. Go ahead, Christina. 
Morning, Rick. Morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of Washington. <clears throat> Recovered for today with God's beautiful grace. Uh, I don't think I've ever been normal. Um, I thought I was normal. I knew I had talent. I was very able and intelligent to handle many things. Um, I was friendly, but all that had an agenda behind it, and the agenda behind the agenda was pain from the root of my childhood and different things that happened to me. No one taught me, as I've said before, to handle life on life's terms, and so uh, I thought, well, I'm going to go out there and forge forth just like Bill, you know, uh, and take on the world. And that was very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And I didn't have any, I learned early that this food thing was just really wonderful, you know, made me feel good. Um, and so I went to that food, but then it made me feel uncomfortable because the particular uh, business I was in, I felt like I needed to be thin and beautiful in order to have success. <clears throat> so this alcohol effect, this food effect upon me would uh, slay me slay me. I saw some pictures this weekend, and I've seen many pictures of myself heavy, but I saw myself at a show, and I saw the little girl in me in my face. I saw it loud and clear, the desperation, the loneliness, the hunger to have the world love me. And it was an innocent face that said, please, please, I need you to see me. I need you to see me. Um, and I'm not having self-pity for myself. I just saw that person, and I had grief for that. I have never had grief for that part of my life, and I wept and wept, and I cleared out that channel. You know, the longer I'm in recovery, and I keep saying this, God keeps bringing this stuff up to clear out. You know how horrible it was for me, and I know for many of you, to carry that weight of the body, to carry that weight of feeling like I needed to prove myself. It's a heavy Wait, and why do we go to the food? That's one of the reasons I went. I didn't have anything else to go to. I needed comfort. I needed comfort. And so I can forgive myself today, and I can look at that young woman back then and say, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm not like that anymore, and I can love her and cherish her. That she tried so hard. She got up and on those stages, heavy, and, and her face swollen and her body trying to hide in big clothes. And I can love her and say, I was that, and I don't want to be that again. But this thing, this food effect upon me just slayed me. My emotions slayed me, my wounds slayed me, and then the food slayed me. And I was able, intelligent and friendly. But today I have service, and those things are used for service. I don't have to manipulate anymore. I don't have to use my talents to manipulate anyone, and I don't have to use food. I've got all of you, and I've got the steps. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Christina J. Chrissy W., you're up next, followed by Jim K. Go ahead, Chrissy. Chrissy Hi, Rick. Oh, there you go. Yeah, hi, it's Rosie W. I think think that was me. (laughs) Oh, wait, what was your first name? Sorry. Rosie. Rosie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Taking pictures in for a tune up. All right, go ahead, Rosie. <laughs> Good morning, uh, Rick. Thank you so much. Um yeah, Rosie W, compulsive overeater in Devon in the UK. Um oh, so grateful to um yeah, to have children back in childcare and to be able to get on this line today. Um 
And this is a really interesting paragraph for me because whenever I've read this um, this chapter, I've always read through the you know the various descriptions that precede it, and then thought, oh yeah, and then there's me, you know, the type that's entirely normal in every other respect except in the effect that alcohol has upon them. And that's me because I haven't got a diagnosable psychiatric or psychological disorder. Um, and when I read that this morning um, after my prayer and meditation, I just I was suddenly reminded of the step 10 promises. And for me, the most powerful promise in the entire book, which is and we have ceased fighting. And I was I was just struck by the fact that um, I might look as, as, as you know, other people have shared this morning. I might look on the outside like I'm normal. I might seem functional, capable, you know, successful, sometimes intelligent, but I am not normal. And the reason is that I have no ability whatsoever to deal with discomfort. I cannot handle discomfort. And so I've spent most of my life fighting, fighting reality, fighting other people, fighting the present moment fighting the sensations in my body, fighting every single feeling, not just that I'm having, but that I'm scared I will have. Um, and I, my, my four-year-old son, the other day, I found out that he hadn't been invited to a birthday party. And um, I came home and I talked to my partner about it. And, you know, he seemed a little, you know, bothered, but, you know, he was essentially fine. And I said to him, so are you are you sort of all right about this? And he said, well, yeah, you know, you can't a, a child can't can't be popular with everyone. And I said to him, God, I feel like I'm dying. I literally I feel like I've been stabbed. I can't breathe. I can't even feel the middle part of my body. I'm in such shock. And that's why I know things like that. That's why I know <laughs> that I'm in no way normal. Um and thank God, thank God, 12 years ago, I first arrived in these rooms with no idea that I was abnormal. And thank God, actually, in particular for this meeting, this meeting in particular, because I spent years and years wading around in OA meetings full of genuinely lovely, kind, helpful people, but who were not carrying the message that this book carries. Because I understand now, as, as is reflected in the next paragraph, that I have to follow the steps exactly as they're written in this book. And I have to be entirely abstinent, which means not putting anything in my mouth that carries any charge whatsoever to be able to live life on life's terms. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Right, thank you so much, Rosie. Jim Kay, you're up next, followed by Suzanne M. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, this is Jim Kay from Illinois. So many wonderful shares this morning, including the opening share, which, although garbled, the message came through, uh, able. And that, that's a word that I focus on in this paragraph as well. The, the effects of, of food on me left me feeling not able, left me feeling failed, left me feeling bad. And it is, uh, you know, through our, our community that I, I learned, you know, that's, that's not what it is. And the prior sentence, it's just we're, we're normal. We just have this, this common affliction. Um, this is the only paragraph in, in my personal copy of the book, big book that has a smiley face that I drew next to this paragraph. Because I just, I feel oh, the relief and the acceptance and the, the realization I'm not failed. I'm not bad. I just 
have this particular reaction, this, you know, allergy that's unlike others. Um, so I'm just, I'm grateful for our, our community here. And, you know, the, the, uh, the prior paragraph, I have raisins and chunk cheese written next to that paragraph, which were foods that I discovered, you know, uh, after sugar that, uh, you know, has an effect on me and, and, uh, you know, sort of have moved beyond those. So we change and, and our challenges change, but uh, grateful to, to be here and to, to hear everyone with the Hell Pass. Thank you so much, Jim. Suzanne M., you're up next, followed by Katie G. Go ahead, Suzanne. Good morning. This is Suzanne M. in Colorado. And able. I love that. I love the the normal, the intelligent, and the able words in in this reading, because I have so badly wanted to have a normal relationship with food and be normal, fit in. Um, I consider myself intelligent and able in so many areas, and what I got as I got to a point ten days ago, I came to OA. And this is day 10. And what I got was whatever I am, whatever my relationship is with food, it's it's not allowing me to be able to get close to God. It's preventing that relationship that I want the most at this stage in my life. And I was praying and praying and praying for guidance around whatever, around the different pieces going on in my life. And 10 days ago, I got this message in the middle of the night saying, go go to OA. And I found my first meeting. And then last Monday, I found a vision for you. And I'm, I haven't been able in my lifetime yet to find neutrality around food. I never even knew that word until a week ago around food. And I'm admitting slowly over this <laughs> this 10-day period that I'm not able to do that on my own and I need this community and I thank God for this community that I'm I'm finding my way with becoming neutral around food and therefore having a much clearer line to the God of my understanding. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you all for being here. So grateful. Thank you, Suzanne. Glad you're here with us. AG, thank you. you are up. And then we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Katie. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. My name is Katie G, and I am a recovered compulsive eater. <clears throat> Excuse me, in Boston. <clears throat> so just to take a step back, right? The doctor's opinion. We're trying to get convinced or identify: Am I a compulsive eater of the hopeless variety? And it can be really confusing. Because you hear a lot of, or I had a lot of like preconceived ideas. Like, I'm a if I'm a compulsive eater, I need to be fat. If I'm a compulsive eater, I need to be um, like 300 pounds. If I'm a compulsive eater, I need to, you know, have had childhood molestation. And none of these things are true. You know, it goes through. You might um, be a psychopath. And, you know, if you've done the things that I've done with food, it's pretty easy to say that I'm a psychopath. If you've done the things that I've done 
without food, it's pretty easy to say that I'm a psychopath. I think what's really significant is that we are looking at these differences, but the ultimate uh, idea, right, is that we have one symptom in common. And, you know, a lot of times I hear, oh, I saw this fat person and I wanted to tell them about OA. It's not for me to tell anyone about Overeaters Anonymous. We have a twofold illness, right? I have an allergy to the body when I put certain foods, ingredients, and behaviors into my body. It sets up an uncontrollable craving for more. But I can't keep it down because I have a mind that tells me it's not going to hurt this time or get so obsessed about an idea or something that eating is a step up from my thinking, right? So I do not have an emotional illness. But the point of the doc off is <clears throat> do you have this phenomenon of craving? It don't matter if you think you're normal or not because later it's going to tell me the delusion that I am like a normal person has to be smashed. The idea that somehow someday I can control and enjoy my eating is, is not, not for me. Like it's, it ain't never going to happen. And so what, I ha what, what the point of this is, do I have this illness? Because if I do 1,000%, then I have no power, no choice, and no control around the food. And the only thing that's going to help me is to go through the steps to what? Develop a relationship with God. Because who, can, who, can, who is the power that can solve my problem? Only God nobody else. And the craziest thing is I can't just go to church or temple to find God. I must go through the steps. I must uncover, discover, and discard all my dysfunctional, selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and fearful ways of behaving. And there are lots of them. And remember, abstinence is not my solution. Abstinence becomes a problem. If I do not go through, thanks Rick, if I do not go through the steps, and develop an immediate consciousness and relationship with God. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. Thank you so much, KG. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are, in the doctor's opinion, page XXX, the fourth paragraph beginning with, then there are types entirely normal, and reading through one paragraph ending with intelligent, friendly people. Uh, again, though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Linda G. Sarah, Sarah R. Linda D. Rebecca A. Linda D. Sarah R. Rebecca, what's the first initial of your last name? A. Thanks. Okay. Who else? Larry G. from Tennessee. Deborah right, B. G. from New Jersey. I don't know if you got me before. Susan uh, L. What, hold on just a sec. Who is LBK? Susan L. Susan L. Toby K. Who is that K? Sorry. To Toby. Toby K. Toby All right, K. let's stop right there. I got Linda D, Sarah R, Rebecca A, Larry G, Susan L, and Toby K. All right. Hopefully, we'll have time for everybody. Um, Linda D, you are up next, sister, followed by Sarah R. Go ahead, Linda. 
Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so, so happy and grateful to be recovered, not cured, from this horrendous disease. I, um, I woke up this morning. That was the first gift. I was given the gift of life. What am I going to do with it? So I go to the bathroom, and after that, all bets are off. Everything is in God's hands. I didn't know that. This is a deadly disease. I know I have it. I accept that I have it. I do the work. I get the result, which is a wonderful, wonderful, but non-human relationship. That's a relationship with God who is shaping me and transforming me from a very crippled uh, child in an adult body who didn't know how to live. Every day I learn more how to live in the light of God's grace. Now, I don't have little wings, and I don't levitate off the ground. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, and I'm there. This is work. And it's all about, for me, it's all about surrendering to God's will, which is love, not fear. And I need a lot of guidance. I need all of you. I need this meeting. I need this community in order to embrace myself and humanity. All that being said, I really relate the most, besides to the newcomer, to the people who talk about living this and letting the grief up and um, celebrating this very little child who just wanted to feel loved and safe. And that takes a lot of learning, a lot of feelings, and it is not easy to feel the feelings, but I can do it with all of you and led by God. This is a wonderful, wonderful program. So if you're new or if you've been here forever and you're face down in the food, please keep coming. This really, really works. The people here know what they're talking about. If they're humane and they're talking from their guts, believe them. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. There are. You are up next, followed by Rebecca. Go ahead, Sarah. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Sarah R. in New York. Currently, as someone just put it, like, face down at the food. And I'm not a newcomer. I keep showing up. And for some reason, I've heard the term, like, I can't keep start. I, I keep, I can't stop starting. And, you know, today I'm having a lot of clarity about why things are happening. It's, you know, there's abstinence around food, putting the food down. But, you know, food, making things okay, making me feel better. So, you know, being I'm an addict in all my affairs, I shot up to double my size, like actually double and a quarter in four months because of this disease. And, 
there has been no no at all like abstinence around self acceptance abstinence around terms and as soon as i put down the food right away those things come up right because in in the concept of feeling good the concept of a higher power is not really inside a gooey pastry right the concept of a higher power is inside me and working the steps every single day and I never understood you know how I only constantly just keep making it to step four because step four is when I have to start facing things and I have to start like accepting my part of things and starting to accept you know myself for who I am and what I have to offer and right away when that happens right but the the solution is really really not inside there right especially like waking up every morning <laughs> feeling like I'm really sick and on um, even on a deeper level all that grief quote-unquote and all of the shame and guilt of everything that I'm never going to be you know comes up so I'm glad to be here and I hope I can find uh, a new sponsor soon and hopefully try again. All right, thanks. With that, I pass. Hey, Sarah, I'm glad you're back with us. Yeah, hang out for uh, at the end of the second hour today, and there'll be sponsors giving uh, out their names and numbers. All right, Rebecca A., you're up next, followed by Larry G. Go ahead, Rebecca. Hi, I'm Rebecca A, compulsive eater from the UK. Thanks, Rick. Um, yeah, really grateful to be listening to this this morning. Um, yeah, I always find this page a bit bamboozling because I'm kind of trying to decide, like, oh, which one am I? Am I all of them? Am I some of them? Have I been this one? Have I been that one? And the fact is, like, um, this particular one where it's, like, entirely normal in every respect apart from alcohol and the effect, I could have been this, but like, I was so divorced from the true and the false, that who knows what I was, you know, who knows um, if I was friendly, really, <laughs> who knows if I was acting intelligently, or if I was just acting from a place of kind of arrogance and thinking I knew, who knows, like, yeah, maybe I wasn't friendly, because I was trying to get people to like me, and to manipulate you know, um, able and intelligent. Yeah, maybe I was able, but like, um, I was reflecting on this at the weekend. Um, I was driven so much by fear that like, I don't know if it was ability or just the fear driving me to kind of do things and push for things because I was so afraid of lack. So yeah, I don't know if I was this person, but probably, but my kind of judgment is so unclear because I was in the food and it's only now that I'm working these steps that I'm trying on a daily basis to live on a spiritual kind of basis that I'm starting to see oh actually yeah this wasn't working or oh wow this worked really well um and I think yeah in my infancy and this is only like my third year of recovery yeah time is going to reveal more and more um, and I'll know a bit more about who I was and who I wasn't. But I know for sure today what my solution is. I know I need to be here. 
And I know I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my life today. Grateful for my recovery. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Rebecca. Hey, Larry G., you're up next, followed by Susan L. Go ahead, Larry. Hey, good morning, family. Larry G. from Northern California. Um, I was told by um, many well-meaning OA sponsors that um, not only did I have a food allergy, but also had an abnormal mind, and I I just couldn't accept that. How could Larry G., Bill W. Jr., who has had successful career, successful marriage, successful relationships with his children, have an abnormal mind? Well, I was in denial. You know, I was in denial. I didn't understand that until I got into a vision for you and, and uh, cleared my brain. Um, you know, I was uh, I was terrified at the end. Uh, it was taking me 72 hours uh, to defog my brain from these massive binges and flour and sugar. Uh, they call that a wet brain in, in AA. I don't know what we call that in OA, but it used to take me eight hours, 12 hours recovery. Now it's taking me three days. That was terrifying. Um, my uh, my Ebby, who 12-stepped in this program, kept reassuring me that life would become sweet. Uh, those first 60 days were horrific. I was I was uh, detoxing off of uh, carbs and sugar and salty snacks in quantity. And uh, there was just some really dog days. I felt like I was a you know a, a crank addict, you know, and, you know, you know, detoxing off a crank. Um, so I wasn't able, I wasn't able. Um, and today, life is sweet. You know, this, my my Eddie told me life is going to be sweet, Larry, and life has become sweet. Uh, I no longer fight people, places, and things. I'm no longer obsessing over food. Food is like you know fifth or sixth down on the list of things on my on my day. I, I shared with you this group about three weeks ago. I was in Santa Barbara on a business trip. And in December in 2009, when I went down there, I gained 15 pounds. I uh, couldn't stop eating. I uh, just was eating over anxiety. All these feelings are coming up. Uh, fear of not being able to succeed. And and uh, the, the week that I came back, I, I did not gain weight. I actually lost weight. Um, um, I ate moderately. And I was completely present and gave great service to the people who hired me. Um, you know how how does that happen to a guy like me uh, who is a food drunk? I I I can't explain miracles. Maybe you can. I can't explain miracles. Anyway, yesterday I'm able uh, by God's grace I'm able today for this, these next 24 hours if I keep doing what I'm doing by you know putting God as a central focus in my life. Thank you for uh, your service in my past. Thank you, Larry G. Susan L., you're up next, followed by Toby K. Go ahead, Susan. Can you? Can I be heard? You sure can. Good morning. My name is Susan L. I'm a, a living in recovery in South Florida. Um, I listen to this meeting often, but I don't often share. And something said to me this morning, you better give back what you've so generously been given. I heard that sentence when I first came into um, OA. <laughs> over 40 years ago, um, actually. Um, and here I am uh, at a vision for you meeting still. Um, and I've got 22 months of no sh- no sugar and no flour. Um, I came back in 22 months ago. I just wanted to share how grateful I am. Um, I thought I, well, uh, the truth is I never knew 
uh, I always knew that I wasn't normal. Um, I may have looked normal on the outside. I functioned. I wasn't in a, I remember when I first came in, I was um, only 17 years old and they talked about the big book and they talked about the alcoholic who was in the gutter and, you know, uh, lost his job, his family. I could relate to none of those things. But the one thing that I could relate to is that the, um, my addiction to food, you know, they replaced the word food for alcohol. I understood that. I, I understood what that meant. Um, had led me at that point in my life. I was 17. I weighed 300 pounds and was, um, you know, not in a good place. And then I lost all my weight, came back out in and out, did the dance like so many of us, in and out, in and out, worked, didn't work. After all this time and 22 months of no sugar, no flour, and now in a normal body, because for me, um, the excess weight was uh, it, it was and is a huge part of my illness. Um, if I honestly could eat what I wanted and I mean, eat what I wanted and not be heavy, um, obese, I would, you know, because that, that would be, I, I could do that. But my mind tells me that I can't now. I know that now. God lives um, within me. And when I share at a meeting, this vision for you or the other 12-step meetings that I go to um, around food, it, it, it reinforces what I know. It reinforces that God has to work in my life, that I'm here for a reason. I was meant to survive everything that I survived for a reason, to help others and to continue to help myself. And when you put the food down, um, like I've done, and you get into a normal body size and you think, everything is wonderful, it is then that I realize all the work that I have to do, that just because I'm in the body that I so desired for so long, um, uh, it's not magic, it's just life, and I just don't have that big body to carry around anymore. But what I do realize is that my emotions were skewed, Um, the way things that I, the way I saw things, the way that I let people see me were skewed, I didn't know that for a long time, and I do consider myself intelligent, and, you know, I've lived in the real world, but I realize now that um, there were so many things that I didn't do. And I think the number one thing that I carried around with me that I no longer carry around with me today, a day at a time, the number one thing for me besides the obesity was the shame. That it's huge for me to say that I don't have shame in my life. Shame was the building foundation. Thank you for letting me speak. And thank you for letting me uh, say that I don't have shame in my life today and that it's due to this program. Thank you. Thank you so much, Susan L. Toby K., you're up next, and then we'll see if we have room for someone else to share. Um, hi, it's Toby K. Can you hear me okay? Sure can, Toby. Uh, hi, this is Toby K., compulsive overeater in um, Long Island, New York. Boy, I've been listening to the shares, and they are deep. Um uh, I guess I've been obsessed with food all my life, and um, I felt able at certain points, but uh, then I thought, uh, maybe I'm not intelligent enough, I'm not um, good enough, and I'm always seeking approval. Um, I know at a young age, my parents, uh, my parents were immigrants, and they worked very hard, and they weren't around, and all I want is love, love, love. And the food um, would give me that love and comfort. But I see now that I'm older, um, and I still seek approval uh, and people-pleasing, I have to get that love from my higher power instead of um, the food 
and people. So I know I need more spiritual uh, contact and working the steps and feeling more able um, and intelligent because God gave me this intelligence and God gave me the ability. So I need only to please my higher power and uh, the food is not my solution to that ease and comfort. Um, it, it is, a, it is a solution, but it's not um, the right solution. I need a spiritual solution rather than um, the food solution. So uh, thank you for letting me share. I pass. All right. Thank you, Toby. Okay. We have time for one more. Who would like to take us out? Lee from Tennessee. Lee, you got it. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much, moderator. This is Lee H. from Tennessee, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and just so glad to be here this morning and so thankful for all the shares. Um, I'm not exactly how I'm going to frame this, except that I definitely qualify. It's I just had to laugh because um, you know it gives you all the descriptions of the of the types that um, come into the rooms, and then at the very end, it's like, well, I'm not any of those. And then it talks about the types entirely normal. They are often able, intelligent, friendly people, and so it's like, gotcha, there I am. Um, and I'm so grateful to be here because for me. Um, I tried so hard to be normal, and I never felt like I quite fit in. And that was at the deep part of my soul that really didn't come out until I worked these steps. Um, I wasn't really living my life. I didn't want to live my life because I wanted to be like somebody else, be, be thin like somebody else, or have what somebody else wanted. And... Um, I have found my life in this program, and I'm really thankful for just to be here and to hear the shares and to identify in this morning, and um, I'm just learning that my higher power is who I have to go to every day. Um, I get my strength from my higher power to stay abstinent. It's really about connecting with God for me, and so I'm just really great to be here, grateful to be here, and thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much, Lee H. All right. Um, I think we're at that point where we really don't have much time for another share, so I'm going to go ahead and um, we'll end the meeting there. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, April 25th, 2022, is 18,879. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathy S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Rick. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.